And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Well, Molly, every time we get in the studio, there's always something different, as you know. Mm -hmm. And especially when we have guests coming and touring Lamplighter like we Mm -hmm. do always. But today we have a special guest from California, special guests from California. Mm -hmm. And their names are Jeff and Savannah. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Blessing. Okay, so it's kind of unusual. I mean, you guys came from California to attend our Mystery Dinner Theater. (laughs) Yes. And we've never had anybody travel that far. (laughs) However, (laughs) we have had people that will come from Canada, Georgia, Florida, Mm -hmm. you know, Texas. So we have had some pretty long-distance you know, guests, you know, for the dinner theater or for some of our dramas and musicals. Wait, I'm kind of curious. How did you guys hear about it? Hmm. Uh, we got an email from you guys because we get all your emails. Nice. So, yeah. because uh, That's, cool. that's yeah. a long way to travel for a mystery <laughs> dinner theater. You it, must have heard about our food. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I said, I'm in. Right? <laughs> it, it really is pretty amazing dinner, too. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a five-star meal for sure. It's about five courses, right? Yes. Yep. Start with a salad. Well, as soon as guests walk in the door, they'll be served bacon-wrapped dates and oh, spinach right. puffs. And this this is stuff of legend. Spinach puffs with um, goat cheese in it. <laughs> and oh, then the, the, um, the bacon-wrapped um, dates are to die for. Oh, they're amazing. And wow. it's so simple. You just wrap bacon around a date and you stick it in the oven. No, no, no. There's other, there's other things that go with that. <laughs> you know, we give away our trade secrets. <laughs> oh, it is phenomenal. In fact, I, in fact, the other day we were having a rehearsal meal, and um, I was full after the appetizers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My friend was pacing herself. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just eat. And then, then we found this soup. So we go to this mm. really mm-hmm. cool restaurant in the city, and uh, they have the soup. It's, it's a tomato. Bisque and artichoke, artichoke, mm. and the special cheese that they won't tell us about. So we've been experimenting <laughs> with the cheese Trying to, to come make up sure with the recipe. The right okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you got that, and then you've got your main course, and it's just unbelievable meal. Mm-hmm. Plus, during this whole time, you're watching a drama mm-hmm. before your very right, eyes, right? And you're yeah. a part of it, so you're going to be in this. Victoria, this the Victorian uh-huh. house that you're in kind of looks like a haunted house. It's immersive, yeah. We've got sound effects and music, live music, and oh, it's just get, it's I can't give anything away, but I want to tell you just one part so badly, but I can't just <laughs> give it away. No, don't. Oh dear. Yeah, when the whole family dies, that's oh, just a horror. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the worst. it's so unexpected. Well, it's been great. I think we'll uh, catch an early plane now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a special evening, and our college students. Our Master Guild students, mm-hmm. they're the ones that perform in it. Sarah Prenneville is our director. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, we originally were going to do this for like a Christmas special because that's what we did last year. Yeah. And then we're kind of bouncing around ideas. And we're like, well, Halloween's coming up. Mm. What do we do for Halloween? And we're like, wait a minute. We've got like, an, it's a mystery dinner theater. This yeah. would be the perfect kind of Halloween And our drama is called The Haunted Room. Yeah. So uh-huh. to provide an alternative to, you know, what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. we wanted to provide something that was redemptive so mm-hmm. people can you know, have a substitute for what uh, the world's doing. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's really an amazing redemptive story. And um, if you've, you guys have listened to probably The Haunted Room. We oh, have. Yes. Audio or oh, okay. We, have. we actually listened to it again last night. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? What's it has changed. We changed Uh-oh. it. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you will not, um, you will be, you'll be surprised It'll at be some of the endings. Away. Okay. Oh, that'll be fun. Well, yeah, yeah. We're excited. Yeah. Let's okay. not say anymore. So, so one of the reasons I, I wanted to um, just have you guys in the studio today is because, Savannah, you walked in here with all smiles, and, and then I started learning about all the books that you've read. You've probably have read over 100 of Lamplighter books. 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, tell us what kind of, so you're 22 years old. Uh, 23, yes. 23. What type of influence, and, w- and when did you start reading Lamplighter books? How old were you? I think I was 14. Okay. Yeah, and that's when we first discovered them. Was there a significant influence in, because of the books? Hmm. I would say um, yes, it's definitely. Um, different ones in particular left definitely a lasting impression on all of us. We've really been encouraged by as a whole a lot family. Of them. Yes, so it wasn't just you then. Yes, we we all love mm. them. Wow. Yeah. Well, praise we the Lord do. for that. What book in particular, maybe two or three books, yeah. do you think have left the most the most influence on your life? Um, I think the Giant Killer. Wow. Mm. Um, for one. Giant um, of hate, selfishness, pride, yes, laziness. Yes. Uh, just. Um, Seeing that imagery of treating our sins as giants and oh, not neat. stopping until mm-hmm. we've conquered them really made some of those even passages in Psalms when David's talking about his giants just really made those come alive oh, in that neat. kind of a way. And um, I love the family relationships in that one too, and just how they help one another to conquer. That's their a giants. story within a story. I yes. forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. I don't think we have that in the. Do we have that in the actual drama? Do we have both? You do. Oh, we do. You yeah. do. Yes. Well, Dad. Yeah. Jeff, what has it been like using Lamplighter books in your family? How has that left uh, help helped you as a dad? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a blessing. We, um, you know, it's interesting because we live in a culture today that is addicted to entertainment, right? And even as Christians, it's so easy to get uh, addicted mm-hmm. to entertainment. Mm-hmm. But um, as my daughter just mentioned, King David, there, you know, King David talks about. I'll put nothing wicked before my mm-hmm. eyes. So I'll bring nothing vile or vulgar in, into my, my home. Yeah. And so we really want to, within our house, ask the question, number one, is what we are um, listening to, watching, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, is it, number one, is it glorifying to God? Mm-hmm. And number two, is it edifying? Is it going to build us up mm-hmm. in, in Christ? Mm-hmm. That's and, awesome. um, yeah, so, uh, and, and even with Lamplighter books, you know, we test everything, right? Mm-hmm. Test everything by the Word of God and mm-hmm. hold fast to what is good. And so we um, have been blessed uh, with particular characters in particular that are in the books, you know, that just, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you, think, do you think the books or the audios have the greater influence on your children, on your family? Mm. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So there's yeah. the audio side, but also when you read, you're... You know, you're imagining it yourself, or you're 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 also yeah. imagining it when you're listening to it, but not as much as when you read. Mm. Yeah, you know that's a that's a hard question. I would say it would probably go from book to book and audio to audio uh-huh. because yeah. some of the audios are different than yeah. the books that are yeah. the same. Uh, you know, of you, the same title. So you've so. noticed that that we changed the audio. Uh, sure, and and obviously when you're doing an audio, I understand. You know, mm-hmm. it's you you've got to do that to be able to mm-hmm. compress it into the time that mm-hmm. you would have. But well, we um, even changed the we even changed the content yeah. sometimes as well. Sure. Yes. and that's sure. only because this is kind of funny. So I've been doing Teddy's button. I've been telling about Teddy's button <laughs> for I don't know twenty years, hmm. and one day someone said, um, "Your retelling of the story isn't in the book." I'm like, seriously. I said, well, I'll change the book and make sure it's in it the next time. You know? <laughs> so we did put what, what I had been imagining in the story wasn't in there. So we put it in the next audio drama oh, to, make, to make sure it was in there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Savannah, you have some of your favorites. You said The Giant Killer is one of your all-time favorites. Second favorite. Oh, second favorite. I don't know if I could quite order them. I know one of them would definitely be Basket of Flowers. 
Oh, yeah. That's that was actually the first one I ever read. Really? Um, well, Th- that's the first one I ever read. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I just, I love Mary's character in it and her yeah. mm-hmm. devotion in her home and to yeah. her father and the way that he turns everything into a lesson to help her yeah. on her heavenward way. Mm-hmm. Did so, you read it by yourself or did Dad read that with you? You know, that one I, I read on my own first, but... I'm sure we've read it together since. That yeah. was that was a long time ago. What a, I mean, Jeff, what a special book that is, too. Can you mm. imagine that father, mm. you know, the way he treated his daughter, especially when she's falsely accused? Mm. I mean, think about it. Okay, your daughter's 23. Right. She's falsely accused. Right. The penalty's death. Yeah. Mm. Are you going to let her die? The penalty's death. All she's got to do is say, I, it's, say what the judge tells her to say. Mm. The judge says... All you got to do is say that you did it, and I'll let you go. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain, mm-hmm. right? We have to uh, live out our live out our faith, right? We, and the yeah. most important thing is our heart before God, glorifying Him. So if I were to uh, teach her to do something to gain life in this world that is displeasing to God, I would not be doing the right thing as a father for her. That's cool. Mm. Now, do you remember the passage in the story? Uh, he says, Mary, it's better to die for the truth than to live for a lie. Mm. For the worst pillow mm. to sleep on is the pillow of a guilty conscience. That's, right. mm, that's so yeah. true. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's probably all, one of my all-time favorite books. Okay, mm. so I've got several books that you picked out here. Pilgrim's Call. You won't believe this, but when I was working on my dissertation for two years, I was unable to review the Lamplighter books. And so there are 10 books. No, there are 20 books that I have not read yet. And um, <laughs> And this is one of them, Pilgrim's Call. Savannah, you picked this one out as one of yes, your favorites. Tell definitely. me why. Definitely, It was just one of the top ones that I would say left another one of the biggest um, impressions on me. I just love the imagery of comparing ourselves to pilgrims and not living for clinging to the things of this world. So I think, I think that's what I walked away most with that one. You mm-hmm. were telling me something last night about Pilgrim's Call, though. So it's a, it's, so this pilgrim, he's, wh- where is he? Is he searching? He's, where, is it, where is he going to? Yes, he's um, well, he's first living in a home where he is not loved or cared for, and certainly not taught anything about the Lord. Mm. Um, but he, in his heart, knows, and um, that that there is a God, and he had found a Bible, and that began his journey of so desperately wanting to understand how you get to heaven. Mm. Mm-hmm. Does he find someone to help him? He does. Yes, a clergyman comes along and who ends up becoming like his father in the faith. And that reminds me of one of our other books, not Little Preacher, um, Bishop Shadow. Have you read that? I don't. I don't oh, think I really. You've got to read both of those, Little okay. Preacher and Bishop Shadow. They're two of my favorites. Okay. Yes, that's those are the, you must reads. And you told me last night you haven't read Ishmael yet, right? I have not. Oh, where do you read Ishmael? It's definitely. Molly, what do you think? I think Ishmael is our all-time best book ever. Mm-hmm. Other than, I mean, Basket of Flowers is, you know, it's just in a whole mm-hmm. league of its own. Yeah, I've not read <laughs> Ishmael yet. Okay, so how many children do you have, Jeff? Three. Three children. Um, 23. Mm-hmm. She's the, Savannah's the oldest? Savannah's the oldest, yes. What's by, yes. by quite a bit. And then we have Emline, who's uh, just about to be nine, and Jack, who is eight. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Aww. Okay. Oh, you got a Jack who's eight? Yes. Oh, Jack. Uh, King Jack. King, King Jack. Jack. There you go. Have or you Jack guys done that Conqueror. one yet? Uh, we have. Oh, yes. that's a cool yes. story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah now, we did that in audio drama. Yeah. You did. As well mm-hmm. as book. What did you like better, the book or the audio drama? I liked the audio. Really? Wow. I did. <laughs> so, tell me why. 
because hmm. of all the things we added. Did you? Did you? <laughs> I think so. I felt that you added a lot of really good encouragement. I thought you brought the Lord and His Word into it more than yeah. was actually in the book. So oh, that's cool. Uh, what did you think of that very ending where um, we have the they're having this um, race at the very end where that they're um, they're older now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I liked it. That was very creative. That was cool. Was mm-hmm. that? Did you do that or did I do that? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Either Molly or I wrote that. <laughs> well, I think it was all. It's usually a team effort in yeah. uh, writing these. Okay, so you told me yesterday that Amy and her brothers was one of your favorites, and it was like, whoa, are you kidding me? Because that's kind of like one of our forgotten books. Mm. So. Molly, you haven't read Amy in her no. brothers, right? So this was one of probably the very, like, the beginning stages of Lamplighter. I think this would be, like, in the beginning 20 books. Wow. Okay? This is an incredible story of a little, well, not a little girl. She's probably a teenager, and she's got two brothers, right? That, that sounds right. Is it yeah. two brothers and a sister or something like oh, that? Oh, two brothers and a sister. But the one older brother is very worldly, and the parents have died, and she's watching over her siblings. But her, her brother, who's a little bit older than her, he goes off on his own into the world and, um, and really ruins his life. Aww. But the way she treats him is incredible. She's really the attraction of bringing him back to Christ. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me what your take is on that story. What, what influenced you the most in this story? I think um, just her selflessness, just... Mm. Um, she served her family from night to day with such mm-hmm. love and joy and dedication. It's and ama- it is amazing, isn't it? It, it is. And um, even when it talked about her brother, um, I remember one part when it mentioned her brother was just so careless and he would just leave messes everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. And it said that she would go around and she would pick them up without one troubled thought clouding mm-hmm. her mind and robbing her peace. And I've, I just saw it several times, you know, throughout the Different days, I'll think, I don't think Amy would have responded like that. Oh, <laughs> or, that's neat. So oh, that's I, really I want to be like Amy. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that because I think for me personally, I have been changed. So I, I'm 22, I was 22 when I came to know Jesus mm. as my Savior, and I had very little character during that time. And so God has changed my life through the scriptures and obviously through people that I've worked with over mm. the years. But mainly, I think... I think the most change has been through the characters of the stories, um, seeing how they've lived. And it's, it's always been, and what I love about the, the Lamplighter stories is that they seem to present a certain side of character in a different way or a certain set of character traits that aren't in any of the other books. There's something always new that mm. I haven't thought of yet, mm. you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I've never, how would I respond in that situation? Mm. And so that's been a real influence on, in my life personally. I remember um, reading Stick to the Raft. Mm, we love and, that one. And, and Walty and the Great Guyer, have you ever read that? You know, I think I have read part of it. I've read part of it, but I, you know, I don't think I finished it. I had that one as an ebook. So there's Walty and the Great Guyer, Stick to the Raft, and then there's another book. I think it's in the third Fireside Reading books. And for those who are listening, if you've never read a Lamplighter book, if you've got children under 12, Teddy's Button is Essential. A new one just came out called Runaway Darling. You haven't read that one I yet. I have not. Oh, wait till you read that. That's as good as Teddy's Button. Okay. It's so good. Um, so those are some books to start with. Or the Fireside Readings, those are five short stories in each of the books. But in the third one, Molly and Savannah and Jeff, there's a 
uh, a story in there about a, um, a young man who's taking care of his ill father. Um, and he goes out of his way to take care of his father, giving him all of the earthly comforts that are possible in his dying years or mm. that year he may be dying. So here's a father who doesn't have anything left. Mm. And here's a son who, this is what he does. He goes, he's going to go on a long journey to get income, to get, to get a job. And what he's going to do, he's going to send the money back to somebody hires to take care of his dad. It's And all that he works for is just to give his dad the earthly comforts in his dying year. Mm. It's all he cares about is to make sure that his dad is comfortable in this state mm. of dying. And, you know, we look at our culture today and, uh, you know, they have all kinds of terrible stuff that's going on in the hospital. A local hospital here, one of the preeminent hospitals in the country, um, not only are they ruining young children's lives through all of their, I don't even want to mention on this podcast, all this crazy stuff they're doing, sinful abusive stuff they're doing to children, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also to elderly people. Mm. There is a doctor in this hospital. I have met him personally, and I've talked to him, and he has made a vow that he is not going to let elderly people live if he thinks their life is over. Mm. You know, that is mm. just, that. I said, you're not God. Mm. Because who knows whether God will give these people, mm. you know, increase their health and they can mm. live another five years or 10 years or even a, a five months yeah. or five days. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're not God. And so That's we need right. to care for the elderly. That's Amen. where that scripture comes in. Honor your father and mother is not for Savannah. That's not for your age. Honor your father and mother is for taking care of your elderly parents. That's what that scripture is, represents there. He, oh, Moses yeah, was yeah. writing to the adult, the adults in Israel. Honor your father and your mother so, so you could take care of them in their, elder, in their older age. Sorry, I bring that up because when I was reading these three stories, all three of them had a significant influence on in my life. It made me realize how important it is to God to take care of our earthly parents and give them as much of the earthly comforts that we can give them when they're not doing well mm-hmm. physically. When their health starts to decline, that means we need to step up and give them much more than we've ever given them before. And I'm like, whoa, there that's what it really means to honor your mm-hmm. father and your mother. And so there's something different in all of these stories, you know, mm-hmm. there's just a different um some different takes on how we are to live our lives accordingly. Okay. That brings me to this book, Anna's Question. Uh, this is another one that was printed during that time I was working on my my dissertation. <laughs> and I've always I've always been intrigued with the cover and her face, <laughs> yes. her, her facial expression. What, this is what very is, sweet. Cover. What is Anna's Anna's question all about? Yeah, it's it's about a little little orphan girl, mistreated, but more than anything, she's heard that there is this place that people can go to where they don't cry anymore, and there's oh. no more pain, and there's no more sorrow, and and that Jesus paid the way. And she has no idea, though, how we get to this place. She still thinks it's somewhere earthly. And so she starts going around town asking everybody, does anybody know how to get to heaven? Where? How do I get there? Thinking it was a road to take or something. And, and it's just a very, very sweet story. Um, the, the pastor and his daughter are very sweet together. Um, and the conversations they have are what really encouraged me about the they would encourage each other saying things like 
how can we be so unfeeling when there's people out there longing to know how can we be content with our own salvation mm. and let everybody else just perish when it's in our hands. hands. Mm. Um, and that's just what made the biggest impact to me on those was um, I think the sermons that he preaches in it and their conversations between the father and daughter. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said, that he was innocent from the blood of any person. Mm. He um, he had given out the gospel to every person they had ever mm. come in contact with. Mm. Mm. He held mm. nothing back. Mm. But that also reminds mm. me of the book Christie's Old Organ. It's almost identical. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yes. Like yeah. That. You know what? I never put that together, but you're right. And my dad, he was 76 years old. He came to know Jesus as a Savior reading Christie's Old Organ. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. This is what, what an amazing story it is because he was a um, he was in the Masons. He was a Shriner. He was a 32nd degree Shriner. So that's that's pretty up there. If you know anything about that particular sect, it's uh, I I would call it a cult, mm-hmm. but I won't do that on radio because I'm going to get <laughs> some people not being with. I, I can do it for me. you. I'll take the heat. Okay, good. <laughs> it is it, very cultish, and um, yeah, I mean I'm not really afraid of telling the truth, but I don't know enough about it. But all I know is that it. Um, is that they uh, they had some odd views theologically and um, mm-hmm. and so uh, so my dad was very high up there right okay. and so uh, that kept him from coming to know Jesus as mm. his p- savior personally mm. and uh, so he, every year I mean he would talk to me more about the Shriners more about the Masons the Masonic Lodge et cetera et cetera until finally one day you know he um, he read one of our books guess what the very first book he read you ready for this it was uh, Basket of Flowers. He called me up, bawling like a baby. <laughs> Son, he goes, I never realized how far away away from God I have been. Oh. And, uh, mm. and he'd, never, he'd never seen my dad cry my entire childhood. Wow. Adulthood, wow. never once. My dad was a combination of General Patton and Mother <laughs> Teresa. Okay? He was just a man's man, but he had a tender side to him. Mm. But I never saw him cry. Mm. But I heard him cry on the telephone. And mm. then he calls me back two weeks later, and he goes... Son, I'm reading another one of those books. He goes, this time I'm reading that Hidden Hand book. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine? That's a big book. <laughs> he goes, that old hurricane. He goes, I'm just like him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. and then, he, then he calls me back uh, a couple weeks later, and he, he read uh, um, Throw Me Overboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he goes, son, he goes, these books are changing my life. And then my mom calls mm. me two weeks later. Mm. And my dad's in the hospital. He's, he had to go to the emergency room. He's not breathing well. And uh, he gives my mom a message, and he tells, you tell Mark that I'm going to home sweet home. And, oh. uh, and my, oh, my, wow. my mom doesn't know what that means. Oh. Mm. She's not a Christian yet. Wow. Okay? wow. So my mom goes, Mark, she goes, Dad doesn't want you coming to the hospital, which was a lie. You know, he wanted me to come to the hospital. He mm. knew that if my mom, he knew that if he said, to my mom, tell Mark to get to the hospital right away, that I would drive like 100 miles an hour mm. and I'd get tickets and I would, you know, you know, r- risk my life. And so my mom is not going to tell me how sick dad is. Mm. So, uh, and we're, I live about six hours away. So, uh, so mom goes, um, Mar- Mark, your dad's in the hospital. He's in an emergency room, but he'll be fine. He just wanted you to know. I said, okay. She goes, and he, and he wanted me to give you a message. I said, what's the message? He goes, she goes, He's going to home sweet home. I mm. said, she goes, what's that mean? I said, oh, nothing. Mm. I just, it's one of, it's a phrase in one of my books, you know, Christie's mm. Old Organ. Mm. And what the book says is that, you know, he's going to die. Yes, mm. You know, yes. Mm. and so I'm like, right. okay, dad, I get it. I get the message. Mm. 
I get all the way to Rochester, New York. I go in the emergency room. There he is. He rips off the oxygen mask. He looks at me, puts his arms out, and he goes, Son, I'm going to home sweet home. I know Jesus is my Savior. Oh, and, uh, amen. Yeah, wow. yeah. In fact, on his tombstone, uh, no, he died four months after that. On his tombstone, it says, going to home sweet home. Oh, <laughs> wow. So yeah. And on the other side, it says, Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Oh, praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah, and, we, and my dad and I, for the last probably six years of his life, we had the best time. Molly, we were up in the woods on four-wheelers all the time, father and son. <laughs> he made trails down through the creek and everything. And so mm. so the power of these stories mm. leading people to Christ. Mm. I had a guy, you'll, you'll love this one. I know you guys got to go to dinner here soon. But I had, a, I had a guy call me. I think I've shared this with you, Molly. So we were in Pennsylvania. The office was there. And uh, Tammy was our secretary, and she goes, she goes, there's someone on the phone that demands to talk to you. And I'm like, well, I'm not taking the phone call. <laughs> and she goes, no, she goes, he's yelling. And I said, well, more so, I'm not taking the phone call. <laughs> she goes, he's not getting off the phone, and he's going to keep calling back. This is his fourth phone call. Oh, man. And she goes, I've covered for you now uh, four times. She goes, you better take the call. I said, I'm not taking the call. She goes, well, he's just going to keep calling. And I said, okay, I'll take the call. So um, I get on the phone, and he's yelling. And he goes, are you Mark Hamby? And I said, yes, sir. He goes, did you print this book? I said, what book is that, sir? He goes, that's Christie's old organ book, you know, and he's just yelling. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, I did print it. I said, do you know what this book did to my life? I said, no, sir, why don't you tell me? He goes, <laughs> he goes I've not been able to sleep for all, all four days since I started reading this book, and it's your fault. He goes, you shouldn't be printing books like this. He goes, you, you, you. You upset old people like me, and now I'm not going to be able to sleep, and, and I'm not going to be able to live my life normally like I was living it. And he goes, I was doing just fine before I read this book. He goes, so you stop printing these these books. He goes, you hear me? I said, you really want me to stop printing these books? He goes, no. He goes, but I don't know what to do in my life now. He goes, you've upset it so much. I said, well, why don't you just do what the book says? Just call upon the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved. He goes, well, I'm probably going to do that. He goes, I just want to know how much you've upset me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, well, he did laugh at the end, you That's know. Awesome. You could tell he was just trying to let off steam, but but praise God that, yeah. you know, it really got to him mm. like that. Yes, Amen. definitely. Okay, one last book, and then we're going to be done here. Um, yeah, the books have, Molly, such a powerful influence in our lives. What's your favorite, Molly? Uh, Palace of Deceit. Mm, that was, yeah. that. I almost considered grabbing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That one's really good. Although, you know, I kind of get the whole, the one I'm reading right now is the best one idea. That's, that's what I, <laughs> 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 that's because that's what I say all the time. I, yeah. Well, I just finished Basil or Basil. I don't know how to yeah, say it, Basil. but that one's so good. Yeah. How he leads his dad to Christ yeah. doing the garden. His father's mm-hmm. an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story. Yeah. He just had that one decision. Like, I'm going to be honest. And then it mm. ended up changing the whole trajectory of his family. It's so I, good. I love the way he made the, uh, the broom. To sweep yeah. the dirt on the floor, uh-huh. yeah, and, and how everyone he started cleaning things up, and mm-hmm. everyone noticed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. one of our books—you'll um, never guess this. Um, have you read um, *My Golden Ship*? No, I've only heard it. No way. Okay, you heard it on the drama. Yes. Though. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, I'll give you a multiple choice. Why do you think I printed that book? A, because it teaches about envy. B, because it teaches about jealousy c because it teaches about marriage or d because it teaches about honesty i'm gonna go with honesty it's marriage oh what yeah 
Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. Isn't that amazing? I can't explain yourself. I will. So, Jack, or um, what's his name? Um, uh, um, Black, Dolly? Black Dolly? Black Darley. Black Darley. Mm-hmm. So, Black Darley, he's the nemesis in this whole thing. He's mm-hmm. the bad guy. And he, what does he do with his wife? He mistreats her. Mm-hmm. Speaks, and, and what does the book say she looks like? Downcast. She looks older than her years, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth. When he mm-hmm. has this, when he receives, I don't want to give too much of it away, but when he receives <laughs> Jesus mm-hmm. as a Savior, mm-hmm. there's this huge transformation in his mm-hmm. life. And the very first person that, that benefits from his tr- change is his wife. Mm. And people don't even recognize her anymore. Mm. You know, and I'm like, yeah. as soon as I read that, I'm going like, this book's going to print. Yeah. You know? And, mm. and you know, a neat, a neat part of that book is that it was her quiet and gentle spirit yes, yes, that yes. helped to lead him really to mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. You know, How about when why, he, why are you still loving me? You know, was, was really exactly. his question there. Because remember, he's injured and she, mm-hmm. she tends to his wounds. Yeah. And yes. he's speaking so mean to her. Yeah. And he's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah cool. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. I do have one complaint about your books. If that's sure. okay if I watch right. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah. it's, it's a it. big one. They, uh, they, they bring allergies into the house. I don't know if you realize that. But no when, yeah, when, yeah, when you read your books, I don't know, you start, like, your eyes start watering oh. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. My kids are always looking up at me. <laughs> Daddy crying again. <laughs> we have a guy named George down in uh, northeastern part of the United States. Threw his TV out, threw all of his video games out. Mm, he started reading Lamplighter books to his kids. And mm. then the kids started inviting all the neighbor kids. Every Friday mm. night now, they have Lamplighter stories. Wow. And they, they have popcorn. And, and the kids get together. <laughs> they have sleepovers. Mm. It's really the mm. coolest yeah, thing. That's really mm. cool. Yeah. That's mm. really, praise mm-hmm. God. Okay, last book. Okay, now, Winter's Folly. Do you notice anything different about this book? In the cover or the content? Yeah, the cover. The cover. You can even smell it. Oh, is it is it a leather? Spanish leather. Spanish leather. Leather okay. from Spain. Obviously, wow. Spanish leather from Spain. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so there was once upon a time that I printed seven books, all in leather, um, Italian leather, Spanish leather, Moroccan leather. I mean, I did. That's amazing. I went for it. I printed I printed seven thousand of each title. Oh I wow! Love that. Okay. We still have some of them left over. The only one we got left over is Winter's Folly and Stranger at Home. Yeah. Mm. Those are the only two left. The books left such an impression on my life that I was like, these are the best books I've ever read in my life. I'm putting them in leather. (laughs) And now they're all in leather. Debbie and I actually brought some leather back from Italy. Wow. Yeah, a roll of it back. You know, so, so I was so excited about this. And this book in particular, Winter's Folly, when I read this, I was blown away because here's a father who his only joy in life is his little girl and his wife has died and he loses, he gets sick and he loses his job. I'm, I'm, Savannah, I know this is one of your favorites, but I got to tell it part oh, of it. Yes. So he loses his job and he is walking across the street with his daughter one day and these two women are walking across and they say, she's not long for this earth. And when he hears it, He's like, mm. and he's been he's been starving himself. He's been giving his daughter his food mm. to keep her alive, and he just can't keep it up anymore. And so uh, he puts an ad in the paper about someone that would be willing to take his daughter and educate her and care for her and love her. And someone answers the call. Guess who it is? Hmm. 
You ready? You ready, Savannah? <laughs> a long time ago, he had an older brother who left the home and wanted to get up, make it on his own. Years later, oh no, Molly's got her ears plugged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just tell it to you. You gotta hear it. Oh, no, you don't want to hear it. You want to read it? Getting the book spoiled. You want to read it? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> I can like leave though. No, it's unbelievable what the brother um, demands of this father heart is heart wrenching, unbelievable. Mm. Savannah, I don't know if I could. I mean, if it was the choice between my daughter living and dying, oh, what a choice this is. So, folks, if you've never read Winter's Folly. It is a book that will rend your heart, twist it and turn it, but then in the very end, it will bring such joy and grace. Oh, it's amazing. Only God can. God, I praise God that he, um, he used these amazing writers. What do you think, Savannah and Jeff, what do you think makes the difference between the writers of our day and all the Christian stories that come out today and the writers of these, this era, 1700s, 1800s? Mm. What do you think made, made the difference in, in them writing like this? Hmm. Well, I would say um, my, my guess would be that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think that uh, it seems like uh, I can't speak for all of those authors there, but that uh, so I in, think it's the love and fear of the Lord. And they wanted to further God's kingdom and their goal in writing those books. Uh, it, it seemed like... Uh, obviously from an outsider standpoint mm-hmm. that doesn't know their heart uh, was not so much to sell books, but right. to change people's yeah. lives through teaching them godly character. And I don't think you can write like this unless you've lived through this. Mm. Mm. So I think mm. these authors mm. literally suffered much mm. and they mm-hmm. acquired the kind of wisdom that mm. allows them to write. They Each of our books have the themes of suffering produces yes. endurance, mm-hmm. endurance mm-hmm. produces character, mm-hmm. tested character, character produces hope, and hope never disappoints us because the love of God is gushed out into our lives through the Holy Spirit given to us. And so I think these authors, mm-hmm. I think the only way you can write like this mm-hmm. is to live like this. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful mm-hmm. that um, God has used these books and audios in your family's lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I'm looking forward to uh, what God is going to do in the future. I want you guys to stay in contact with us. You we'd, know, to, we'd love to. Thank you. And yeah. thank you for uh, yeah. having these books available for yes. us. Mm-hmm. And we'll look forward to hearing how uh, the Haunted Room Mystery Dinner That's Theater right, yeah. oh, yes. plays We're out in your lives so tonight. Especially wait. since you don't know what the ending's going to be yes, like. Yes, I know. I tell you, it'll be a shocking experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, let's do this again. Yeah. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.